0: welcome to four points online we are so honored that you are joining us today and if god is using this ministry to change your life please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story it is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom and if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. This morning, that our sermon series is called Counterculture. And um, we started last week, and if you missed last week, it's okay, don't worry. You can go back and watch online if you were not here. Um, the Pastor talked about just how we know the teachings of Jesus. We, we really want to know those things. We may know of who he is, and for a lot of us, we may follow him. We really want to know what he says, but when we find out, and then we go, well, how do I do that? So many of us question, well, how do I do that? Yes, you're talking about counterculture, but how am I going to change that? How, how is just one person going to change the culture that we live in today? And so that's what Jesus sought out to talk to us about today. Even so many years ago in Matthew 5, he wanted you to know how you could change the culture. Not just in this world, but it begins in your home. It begins with you. And so we talked about, anger last week and how somebody had to go first somebody has to go first and somebody has to go first in refocusing our thinking how we think and that's what Jesus set out to do and so the title of my message today is what are you thinking about what are you thinking about alright so I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them what are you thinking about ask them what are you thinking about alright and now turn to your second choice and say I didn't care what you were thinking about because obviously you didn't choose the first, so you didn't care. <clears throat> but really, really, what are we thinking about? Some of us, our minds are not even here today. <laughs> I mean, we have so many things going on in our lives. We are just not even present. If you knew all the things that were in our lives that we were thinking about, whew, you would be exhausted. you think, there's so many things going on in your head right now. I, I can't put it all together. And believe me, I know where you are. I am the same way. That's why I said I'm not on the other side of this. The Lord's really working with me on what am I thinking about? So there's so many things. Your job, your finances. Let's just call out the big ones, okay? Your relationships. Come on, somebody. Better hear her name in with that. Relationships. Um, Just kids, if you've got children, you're thinking about your children, you're thinking about your home, you're thinking about your 401K, you're thinking about all these things that you think in life I have got to make sure that I've got these things in line. Okay, so there might be like some little things that you're thinking of that may not mean a whole lot, but I mean, they're in your reality. Like for me, I got dark circles, okay? And I'm really thinking about how in the world can I get rid of this right here? So, I mean, I'm searching online. What's the best cover up for that? And I, you know, because I got to make sure that I look fresh, even though I only got like four hours of sleep. Everybody's got to think that I got lots of rest and I'm just glowing and everything's wonderful in my life. That's what's on my mind. That's what I'm thinking about. Or maybe my yard. Whew. I mean, lots of things around my house need to be done. Sometimes it gets thought of, sometimes it doesn't. Right now, you may think, wow, you haven't thought about that at all. Uh, Yes, so, I mean, I confess. There's a lot of things that, you know, may not be as large and as major, but there's a lot of things that are on our mind that grab our attention. Things take our attention. Yes, so many things take our attention. And, you know, if, if we have all these things in our reality that they have our attention... We sometimes feel like a bobblehead. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. And it never stops moving. And it never stops and focuses on one thing at a time. You know, us ladies, we're multitaskers, okay? Because if pastor's on the phone, if my husband's on the phone and he is doing something, he is not paying me attention. But if I'm on the phone, sometimes I can, sometimes I can listen and I can do on the phone and I can, sometimes I can multitask. Because we have all these things going on in our head, all of our thoughts, and we're thinking about so many things, all those things do have our attention. You know, a lot of times I think to myself, why am I not further along? Why do I feel like I'm stuck in this cycle? Why can't I get out? Why is this not changing? Why do sometimes I just feel dead or empty inside? I don't understand. Why is this not changing? And I really could answer that myself very easily is that I'm worried about all of these external things and I'm forgetting about the one thing that I should really be focused on. Because didn't he say that if we seek first the kingdom, That's right. then all these things will be added unto you. Didn't he say that? Yes, he it is in the word. He says that because of the kingdom principles that he taught. He didn't say seek the king. Right. He says to seek the kingdom and that's what we want to change that's what we're looking toward we want the kingdom of heaven to come here to earth so that we can experience it now so that those around us can go i want what they got i mean they have it going on they have life they're excited they that that's just something different about them i want what that, that they have and that's the kingdom that's what the kingdom brings and all those kingdom principles we should be looking towards and if we do that then he promises that all these other things are going to be added unto me. i just got to refocus. So what are we thinking about? And, you know, some of those thoughts in our head are some things that people never, ever see. They never, ever come out. Nobody ever, ever knows about them. And we think that we hide them. And nobody's ever going to find that out. But who you are inside is who you are it will eventually come out in some form, whether in a moment of anger, whether in a moment of weakness, whether in any type of situation, sometimes it's going to come out. And what you're thinking and what's in your heart is really and truly who you are. No matter how much you change the external, no matter how many things of application of makeup I put on myself, I still have only gotten four hours of sleep. And eventually, it's going to show up. Okay? It may not be in a dark circle, but it may be in a hateful word. It may be in somebody getting on my nerves and I lash out at them because I haven't gotten enough sleep and I haven't really refocused my attention on what it really should have been on. And that's the kingdom. And living those kingdom principles. So what are you thinking about? What are you really thinking about today? So in Matthew 5, Jesus came... And he set out to change our thinking. You know, the people knew the law. They knew it well. They knew that law perfectly. Even, of course, the religious leaders knew it perfectly. That was the problem they had. They knew it too well. They had too much truth. And they did not want any part of the grace that came with it because they had to be going along with the law. And so when Jesus came, he told them I didn't just come to abolish the law. I came to really fulfill it. And at that time, they didn't understand what he was talking about. And so in Matthew 5, it says that he came to fulfill the law. He wanted them not to only look at the things of the law. He wanted them to look at their heart. He wanted them to go deeper, deeper and deeper into their heart. So now, y'all, this TV and I, we're gonna to have to have a little relationship here because it works really well and I love y'all love it and I'm just gonna to have to have a little time, so just bear with me, okay? So the culture is the behaviors and the language and things that we use. And so what we're thinking about is really important to what's in our hearts. I know today is, mm, here it is. The next two parts are lust and divorce. Yay! That's so exciting! This is going to be a great day. This is going to be a great passage. But it goes much deeper than that. And I want you to refocus your thinking on what is Jesus really trying to tell us instead of just something that seems very harsh. And the word is offensive. It causes us to look deeper. But we are. We're going to look deeper today. So I want to take you to 27. I'm going to read all the way through 30 of Matthew 5. And it says, You have heard... For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. All right. What an uplifting (laughs) word today. (laughs) But I want to go back and talk about uh, 27 and 28. Now, they knew the law. They knew that adultery was a big deal. They knew that it was punishable. So they all knew this. And I bet a lot of them, especially the religious leaders, thought, if I don't do that, I'm good. Let's not do that. Let's stay away from adultery. But really what Jesus wanted them to say is, no, hold on. I'm about to change your mind here. I'm about to get your attention, and I'm about to tell you that, no, I say to you that anyone, everyone that looks at a woman with lustful intent has already done it in his heart. Now, that doesn't say, go ahead, you're you're good to go ahead and, and commit the adultery. No, that's not what he's saying. But the lustful intent and the heart have a lot to do with it because the lustful intent began in the thoughts, began in the look. That lustful intent can grab us because it does have to do with our heart. And I wanted to say right here that whatever has your attention has your heart. Whatever it is. Then it can be great things. I'm not saying it can't can't be good things. It can be your children. Your children grab your attention, and that's wonderful. God entrusted you with them. He wants them to be your attention. Sometimes. Not all the time. And for some of us, that's very hard. We feel very pulled to them. We feel that we are their covering. We feel that there's so many things that we have to do, we have to, we have to, we have to. Oh, calm down. Pump the brakes a little bit refocus your attention. He wants you to really focus on your heart. And the lustful intent is what I really wanted to focus on because I bet you thought, I bet the the disciples and the people around them thought, this is crazy talk. What is he talking about? Lustful intent, I've already committed. No, I have not. I have not committed adultery. What are you talking about? Cut my right eye out. Cut my right hand off. What are you talking about? This is crazy. I'm not gonna actually go and cut my arm off. Why are you telling me this? And so the religious leaders had a really big problem with all of that. They thought that he came to go against what God said. And he said, No, I have come so that you will know that you can't do it on your own. That you have to have me. I'm gonna he doesn't say I'm gonna make the standard so high that there's no way you can attain it, and then I leave you there. No, he says I'm going to come and I'm going to fulfill the law so that you know that you can't do it on your own so that your last is going to know that you only need me. And that's all you need. I will do it for you. I will cover it for you. If you just look to me and refocus your attention on me. The lustful intent is really interesting because you know, we all think it might have to do with sexuality. That's not so. And I think Jesus was trying to go even deeper here. Because the the literal meaning of lustful intent actually means to set the heart upon. Greatly desire to do or to have something. What a person truly yearns for. So what are you thinking about? What are you looking to? What has caught your eye? And then for all of us, we have adulterous hearts. Whether we know the Lord and whether we've never said yes to him. We all have things that take our focus away. And all he wants to do is to pull you back and say, just focus on me. I will tell you exactly what to do. All you have to do is just, just stay with me. Just focus on me. And I will tell you what's most important. You know, I, um, we, as we were talking, I was going over the message, I was reminded that, you know, even God told his own people, his own people, the Israelites, the ones that he loved, The ones that he took care of time and time and time and time and time and time again. That Moses had to go and plead for. No, don't kill them. Please don't. I will go down there. I will talk to them. Don't. He even told those people that they had adulterous hearts. No, that doesn't mean that they were going and committing adultery and every single person was doing that. No, that means that they took their focus away from him and they tried to focus on all the other outside things like they didn't have food. Well, they wanted to go back there because there they had food. They didn't have water. Well, they wanted to go back there because there they had water. They focused on all these other things. And he even told his own people, you have adulterous hearts. You are not focused on me. You know, we have all these thoughts and things that grab our attention so many times that draw our attention away from the Lord. And what we sang this morning was so perfect because he is, like I said, a jealous God. He wants our attention, not because he's hateful. That jealousy is not a hateful jealousy. That jealousy is a loving jealousy. He wants you, but he is loving enough to let you come and allow him to move in your life. You know, but why do we do this? Why do we go and look for something? Why do we grab our, something grabs our attention and we go for it? Um, you know, whether it may be in sexuality and in the adulterous state or it's other things like somebody else's life We may pursue someone else's life and what it looks like Oh gosh, it looks great on the outside and oh, their Instagram feed is just amazing. Gosh, they got it going on I mean, I can't even I can't even think about cooking the things that they cook. Gosh, I could barely heat a hot dog I mean, I mean look at their yard. It's amazing. Oh my goodness Maybe we are looking in the lustful intent of somebody else's life. That's not their life. I'm going to tell you right now. They are setting that up for you. Okay? And they're probably using somebody else's meal to take a picture of it and saying it's their own. So they're lying. Anyway. It's not real. It's not real. It's what you see. Perception is reality. And so your reality has your heart. It has your attention. He just wants you to refocus that on him because He's the one that has it all. He's the one that has perfection. So why do we do this? Well, it's not fun. A lot of times we get stuck in the mundane, in the everyday, the day-to-day. It's not fun. It's not fresh. It's not new. I'm bored. Gosh, can this just go on somewhere? Can I just get to the next level? Can I just get to where I need to be with this? And sometimes we're stuck in this process, and it hurts to stay in the process we hate process can somebody say amen (laughs) we hate process we want it now we want it yesterday we don't even want it now we want it yesterday we want it to happen we want to see the fruit come of it but he wants us to go through the process there is beauty in the process and you think when am I going to see that beauty it's taken me forever to see that But he tells us he wants us to stay. So we let the enemy distract our focus because he knows what can happen when we do refocus our hearts on him. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows that you're going to get free. He knows that you're going to be delivered from sin and illness and relationships that may be causing, you know, hardships in your life. The enemy knows what you can do when you refocus your heart on him. But how in the world do I do this? Tell me how I'm going to refocus my thinking. Because I've got so many thoughts going on in my head, you just don't even know. I do. (laughs) Because the Lord is dealing with me on this very thing. I am not preaching to you. I am preaching to myself. I have so many things going through my head, and you do as well. So many things. The Lord reminded me this week is all I wanted you to do was stay in me. Know that I love you. And that's all that matters. And I promise you when you seek me, then all these other things will be given to you. So this fun part here of how do we do this. All right. Now you can't be telling me i got to cut my eye out. You cannot be telling me i got to cut my arm off. All right, let's read it one more time. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than... That you you lose you your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. And I could say right here, all right. There you go. Bye, everybody. <laughs> what a great day we had today. But that's that's definitely not what he means. All right? <clears throat> you know, I have a really um it's not necessarily even funny. I mean you may laugh, but it's a reality in my world, okay? I want flowers in my yard. You probably saw that picture I'm going to show you here in a minute. I want beautiful flowers, okay? I want this yard to be like yard of the month, all right? We had that growing up in my neighborhood. Who has that now? Yard of the month. Nobody has yard of the month? Well, who had it? When you were growing up, you had yard of the month. We were in this little neighborhood, and every time I saw that sign, I was like, "God, oh, their yard's amazing. And so my nanny, she's my grandmother calling my nanny, She has, we all joke, she has this green body. She doesn't have a thumb. She's got just a whole body. Everything exudes just being able to bring plants back to life. It's so frustrating. Uh, She's like one of those that goes to Lowe's. Have you ever been to Lowe's and you've been in the garden section and and you see the dead, like on the verge of death plants? Have you seen that? Okay, and people actually go there and buy those. Not me. I would walk right past them, and even my presence would cause them all to die. I, I, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Thank the ones that can. You bring life to things that are dead. Praise you. That's your gift. It is not mine. My, my nanny, she is amazing at this because she can bring anything back to life. I mean, my mom and dad are in here. They can test that. She can bring anything back to life. And my mom's got it, too. She will to test to it, but she does. She has it, too. I have gotten zero of it. None of those qualities came to me. So this is my—this is what I aspire to have. Oh, gosh, isn't that beautiful? Yes, it is Pinterest. Pinterest is of the devil, too. It's not real. It's not real. They Photoshop all that in there. But look at that. I mean, it might be real because there's a hose right there. I mean, come on. They probably just got finished watering them all. But this is what I love for my yard to look like. I mean, beautiful, already, they're already just gorgeous. I mean, that that took no time to do, right? I just planted those there. Yeah, obviously. All right, so this is my world right here. Three, three plants right there, three. And as you see, where are the flowers? One, right there. One, just one. And the people that have given me these things, I I get so excited because they're gorgeous when you get them. I mean, they're beautiful. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have the most beautiful back door. It's going to be amazing. And then it looks like this. (laughs) But I wonder why. I wonder why. It's because I don't take the time and the attention that it needs. I haven't studied it. I don't know the fertilizer and how much water it requires and when to prune it. I don't know any of that because I haven't taken the time to really study it. And I really think that that's the, the thing that the Lord wants us to be reminded of today is that she gave life to her garden. She had a garden with vegetables my nanny did and just beautiful flowers all over the place and still has it today. But I can't complain when I don't take time to know what it is and to remain in what all of these plants need in order to function and have life. I can't complain about it. And so I think that John 15 is such a beautiful picture of this. And I do have these on the slides for you to, to read through it with me. He tells us that I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. He tells us how right here. He tells us how to refocus our attention. All these things that are grabbing for us, all these things that we've got to cut off so that we can be able to not have that look that lust for that adulterous heart against the things that take our focus away from him and it could be good things too. We're talking about sin in this case. What are those things that that need to be cut off? But you know what he says? He says, "I prune them." I prune them. He does tell you to cut them off, but he, he wants to do that for you. He knows what you need. And so just like my nanny in the garden and, and the flowers that she takes care of, she knows what they need. She knows when to prune them back at the, at the right time. Not too early, not too late, because once one dies off, it can affect the whole thing. She knows when to do that, and so doesn't your heavenly father know when to do that? He sure does. He tells us that he's the gardener, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. We know, I mean, we know that nothing in the garden is going to bear any fruit if I don't remain in him. He says, you can do nothing through me. You can bear no fruit at all. And so all those things may have to be cut off, and you may have to start all over again, like me, with my plants. They wait. I wait until they die. And then... (laughs) It just, you have to dump it all out and start all over again. But it becomes from the inside. Change comes from within. Not from all the external things. Change comes from within. So if I'm not willing to stay with him, if I'm not willing to stay when it hurts, if I'm not willing to stay when it's hard, if I'm not willing to stay when it's boring, when I don't see any fruit coming from it, when I'm not willing to just stay with Him, when I'm not willing to be in my word, when I'm not willing to pray, sometimes you don't even know what to pray. Sometimes you can just listen to worship music and you don't have to say a word, and your thoughts could just be on Him. You know what it says in 2 Corinthians 10:5? He tells us to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. And make it obedient to Christ. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's hard. Every thought? You mean everyone? Every thought. Gosh, how am I going to do that? Well, you know what? It requires stillness. Oh, boy. There you go. You just hit me. It requires stillness. It requires you to really think about your thoughts. Oh, what? Think about my thoughts. Yes, think about really what you're truly thinking about. Self-awareness, y'all, is the hardest thing, isn't it? It is so hard. It is so hard to be self-aware. We can look to others and know where they need to be, but to look at ourselves, we don't do it. It's hard. We don't want to do it sometimes. We may be afraid of what the Lord might tell us what to do, and so therefore we're not still. We don't want to pray because, well, what if he tells me to do this? Or, or what if he tells me to do that? And I, I, well, What if he does? What if he does? Because he knows the perfect plan for your life. And you know it's going to be good because every good gift comes from the Father. Right. Every good gift comes from him. We have to be aware of what we're thinking. You know, have you ever said, okay, just let me get my thoughts together. Just let me get my thoughts together. And what does that require? Stop and be still which is really hard for me the Lord really just kind of if I could say kick me in the tail (laughs) these past couple of weeks there are so many things that I've been focusing on and all he wanted to do is just ask me hey what are you thinking about he doesn't bust down my door he doesn't do anything that's Forceful, He's such a gentleman. And all he wants to know is, what are you thinking about? Come think about me. Come sit with me. Come focus your attention on me for a little bit. And I'll tell you exactly what to do if you just remain in me. And you remain in my love. And you're thinking about me. When was the last time you just thought about the Lord and how good he is? and how loving he is. I wanted to sing the last part of those verses because he loves you so much. And sometimes we can just go through this life and just forget about the main thing. He loves you and he loves every single one of us. And that's what he wants the world to know. More than anything is that he loves them so much. But you have to be focused on that. Making them obedient to Christ requires me to remain so that Psalm 139 can be true. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my thoughts so that I can redirect them with you so that everything else, I can take a breath. I can take a breath. I can focus on him now because he promises that everything else will be given to me. Those things that are done in hidden, time in the Word, time spent with Him, those things people don't see. But He delights in the process. He's in the process. He's in it. Don't think that you're alone and by yourself. What lengths am I willing to go to to do what this says and to remain in Him thinking about him, taking my thoughts captive, loving him and trying to love other people, what lengths am I willing to go to to cut off those relationships, to cut off those outside things that I'm looking for, to cut off those things that I keep thinking about? What am I willing to do? Am I willing to hurt some feelings for the sake of Christ? Am I willing to turn away from those sins because I know that he has freedom on the other side for me? Am I willing to get down on my face and my hands and knees before him because I know that I need a miracle in my life? What am I going to do? What links am I willing to take to say, I give it all. I don't care what it looks like. I give you everything, even my thoughts, because I know that ultimately that's where my heart is. That's where my focus is is what's in my heart. And when we let the true gardener do that, he cuts those things off, and then he guards them, and he keeps them. You know I have a great illustration. Uh, the pastor told me about this, and he was like, "I'm real mad that you're getting to use it and not me." But we use a lot of these in our house. So we have an egg. And whatever you use the egg for, you know, we have a lot of people here that have um, chickens and you use them for, you know, your purposes of of eating, and then you give them to people. But ultimately, we use them for two things, to bring life or to eat, okay, for, the, for food. The Lord told us that we have dominion over these things. But you know what, if we have this egg and we just crack it open and we eat it, or it's, it's cracked open before the egg is fertilized and we're waiting on the chick to come, then it's over, it's done. Nothing else can come from it. It's finished. It gets digested, it's done. But if I will allow, instead of me trying to change all these things on the outside and, and, and have the crushing on the outside, if I just, if I just wait And also, if I'm looking to others and I'm trying to crush them because I don't think that they're where they're supposed to be, please, Lord, just fix them. And I'm trying to do it. If I crush it too early, then there's no life that can come from it. But y'all, if I wait and I let the, the crushing come from within, then what happens? There's life. Everything that's great begins from within. He wants you to remain in Him because everything that's great and good comes from Him. Let Him birth it out of you. Let Him bear the fruit because then if He he tells you to cut off, He cuts it off and He prunes it for you. Then what's going to grow out of that? His fruit because you've remained in Him. You've taken every thought captive. You're focusing on His Word. You're, You're worshiping Him. And he promises that you will bear much fruit. And why are we so drawn to that? Why are we so drawn to the the chick that comes from the egg or any kind of life? Why are we drawn to that? Oh, because it's new, it's fresh, it's alive, it's what we're looking for. But there's a process. There is a process that comes with this. Ah, just to crack it, there we go, it's done. That was quick. But there's a process that comes with life. And that's what He wants you to have. He wants you to have life in His name. And the only way that you can is to remain in Him. Remain in His love, and then you will bear much fruit. So that all those other things that He was talking about, the lustful look, the anger that we were talking about last week, all those things kind of diminish, and He takes us from glory. To glory, to glory, to glory. No, we will never arrive because at the end of this chapter it says, Be perfect, like your Holy Father is perfect. We're never going to be there. But that word doesn't mean be perfect like Him, it means to be whole. And if I want that beautiful plant or that egg to be whole, that life to be whole, I have to remain in Him, like the scripture says. Would you pray with me today? I just feel like there's some of us here today that that maybe have never, ever said yes to Jesus. You've you've never accepted that life, and you're you're not remaining in him because you've never been a part of him. He's been knocking on the door of your heart, and you've never let him in. And if he's speaking to you today, if you've got that lump in your throat, and you go, but I don't know, I just don't know. I, I, I can't give that up. You can't cut that off. That, that's, that's too precious. I know it's killing me, but you can't cut that off. I'm not ready. He just wants you to remain in him and say, hey, what are you thinking about? I just want your attention. I just want you to know I love you. If you've never said, said yes to him today, and you really feel like that's me. I, I, need to, I need to accept him today. I need to just go ahead and just do this. Because I know that I will have life. On the other side of that, I will have freedom. And I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of going through this life just in this cycle. I want a fresh. I want a new. I want life. I want Jesus today. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Say, I'm ready to give my life to him today. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else? For some of us here today, we know the Lord, but we got some dead things that are hanging off of us. And like I said before, what what links are you willing to go to to say, i got to get this off? It's killing me. It's literally going to kill me, and I'm going to have to start all over again. Lord, please be the gardener in my life. Please come and guard what is so good, what you, you've established in my heart. I just got some dead things, and I need to cut those off, and I need to refocus my attention on you, Father. If that's you today, just raise your hand. We just want to pray for you. Our prayer team is in the back, and we just want to pray for you. And if, when we sing in just a minute this amazing song, and I just want you to focus on the words, because it's talking about the one who is the lover of your soul, and that's Jesus. We have this altar and it's open up for you. It's nothing special, but, but come and pray. Come and get those dead things off. Allow the gardener to come and, and prune you right here, right now, so that you will leave today with life, able to bear much fruit because you remained in him. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it never returns void and that it has life. And every time we look at it, Lord, it's afresh and anew because you're so good. You want us to know what it says, Father. You want us to look at it so that we can look internally in our heart and know that it's not about us at all. It's about you. We can't do anything, anything apart from you. So, Father, thank you for the one that said yes to Jesus today. But for those of us that need to get those dead things off, I pray that we would come and just make that right today, Lord, so that we can live And go from here and have life in your name. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.